0: Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Now working uh, separately... We see that there is this kind of alliance that is taking place. So, as we read that chapter, that first part of that chapter, we see that it says later they sent some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to catch Jesus in his words. This was a plot. It was a plan. They wanted to uh, trip Jesus up. They wanted to get him to say something that would incriminate him so that they could degrade him, so that they could destroy him. They wanted to uh, get him to say something. And we see that it was actually two groups of people that came together. We see the Pharisees and the Herodians. Now, if you look at the the history, uh, you'll see that the people were actually at odds until Jesus came on the scene. The Pharisees were a a religious party, so they were charged with with the religious oversight of the nation, and while the Herodians were more of a political party. And these two were like enemies. They they didn't work together. They actually opposed each other. And then Jesus came on the scene. And we read earlier in Mark chapter 3 that uh, the the Pharisees and the uh, Herodians got together to form an alliance to destroy Jesus. This is some sort of unholy alliance that they've brought together. Is it, 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 takes me, it takes me back because you, you see that, that uh, one group is not powerful enough in and of themselves to oppose the king. And so they try to group up. They try to bring together their to work together for the same uh, cause. But we've got to be encouraged because our God Is much more powerful than any kingdom of this world, any other sphere. His dominion, his authority, is above all others. Is it not? So they're they're enemies, but they get together to try and thwart Jesus. And I see this as I've been reading this. I actually saw this as a cool picture of what's taking place in the spiritual realms where the powers of darkness are trying to combine their forces to attack Jesus, to attack our God. You've you got to know that the attacks that we experience aren't primarily or ultimately about us. We experience opposition because we follow Jesus. When we submit our lives to Him, when we follow Him, we will experience opposition. There will be moments where we come up against things that are, are, are anti God, that are against us. But ultimately, that's not about us. That's an attack on Him. Do we see that? It's always been about Him. And empires have risen, kingdoms have been built, governments have, have, have risen, and then they've all fallen. But they have an attack or a plan against God himself. And so we see these two groups coming together to plot and scheme to try and take down Jesus. You've got to be encouraged this morning that all of the combined powers of hell still cannot get victory against Jesus. He has overcome all of the combined powers of darkness. He has put them to a public shame. He has overcome them. He has defeated them. Victory is Jesus. It is His. Amen? Are you with me? But we see that these guys are trying to trip up Jesus. They want Him to say something that's going to get Him in trouble, that's going to send Him uh, in, in, into you know, being discredited and destroyed. We've got to know that it's against, all against Jesus. So with that, don't take things personally. You know, when the attack comes against you, when opposition comes against you, it's just, just remind yourself, this isn't really about me. It's about Him. And He is the one who is victorious. So I'm going to hide myself in His victory, and I'm going to stand strong and be courageous and honor Him in my decisions, in my life. It's not just, don't take it personally. This helps to take some of the sting out of, you know, the opposition that we might face. Some of the things that that might come against us and hurt us personally. Do you know what? My God's bigger than that. So stand under His victory. Don't take it personally. But also don't be surprised where different attacks come from. No one at that time would have thought that the Herodians and the Pharisees would work together. The other people would have been surprised. What is this? What, how They hate each other. They're like you know the, the liberals and the labors coming together and now forming some sort of coalition to take on Jesus. People would have been surprised by this. Maybe you get surprised when opposition comes from family, people you love, people you thought loved you. Maybe you feel surprised when opposition comes from people sitting behind you in the same church as you. People see in front of you in the same church as you. What? Coming through different veins like this. Don't be surprised. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Jesus said, he actually said, if the world hates you, just remember. It's because they hated me first. If you experience opposition, I know that's encouraging someone this morning. But, but, but be, you know, put it, let's put it into some perspective, that if, if Jesus experienced this sort of stuff as he was bringing the kingdom, we probably should experience and, and expect the same sort of stuff's gonna happen to us. And so these two groups got together and they tried to trip up Jesus and they said, uh, they asked him a question. They came to him and they said, Teacher, we know you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. That's a true statement. They were saying something that is totally true, but their motivation was to kind of butter him up. They were trying to make it sound like they were in his corner, like they were supporting Jesus. And so they're like, you are so awesome. You're a man of integrity. You're not swayed by people's opinions. And they're trying to kind of, Get him on side and butter him up. But they used a truthful statement. Every word of that is true. Can we read that? Teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity. Jesus was a man of integrity. There was no deceit that came from him. Not one word was deceitful. Every single word that he spoke was truthful. And he lived exactly as he spoke. He was a man of integrity. And he was not swayed by others because he paid no attention to who they are. Jesus did not back down from the truth or from the way of God because of what other people thought. Not because of the Pharisees, not because of the Herodians, not because of anybody else. He taught and preached the kingdom of God. He did what God showed him to do. What the Father was doing, he did, and he did not back down. He did not let anyone else's opinion sway him from the left to the right. May we find encouragement in this for ourselves. As was mentioned before, our our government kind of structures and systems are starting to shift and change. And there is things that are coming against people, coming against the church, that we're going to have a chance to stand. We can see it as you know, oh, it's all going to blah blah blah, or we can say, you know what, it's a chance for us to have faith, to stand strong, to be courageous, and to believe God for what He is wanting to do. Yeah. So don't be swayed by the opinions of the left, or the right, or the up, or the down, or anybody in between. Let your hearts live in the conviction of what God has said to us. What he's given to us in his word. To live by that. Not to be swayed to the left and to the right. Jesus was not swayed. And we're in a culture right now, if you haven't already experienced this, where you might offend some people for the way that you speak, or the way that you talk, or the way that you dance, or the way that you stand. Or well, the way that you breathe right now. People getting offended with everything. Just getting offended at people getting offended right now. And we're living in this place where it's kind of like, okay, well, let's not offend this person. Let's not do that. Let's let's kind of change the way that we are so that we can just like, everyone is unoffended. But then maybe we're going to offend God by doing that. Can we just show that vi- video pretty quickly uh, locky. We have a locky in our church. So Every church needs a locky.
1: Apologise for using the phrase uh, Chinese whispers. I appreciate that this is deeply offensive to the Chinese. Uh, I completely understand why they went totally mental. I'm delighted uh, to be joined by a mental health campaigner to witness my apology for using the phrase they've gone mental. I can see some of you surprised that I'm apologising, but no. Gone were the days when getting an apology out of me was like getting a fiver out of an Aberdonian, eh? I would like to apologise to the largest Aberdonian community, the Aberdonians. Uh, I do understand that uh, Aberdonian feelings are important. I'm surprised, actually, that our diversity officer didn't make that clear to me. Honestly, sometimes around here it's like the blind leading the blind. I would like to apologise to Scotland's blind community. I hear your concerns, and I promise you they will not fall on deaf ears. I would like to apologise to the deaf community. I would like to say sorry. I realise what i said. said, honestly, I had a fit. I apologise unreservedly to all of the epileptics in Scotland for my use of the word fit. I, I completely understand why you've got a bee in your bonnet. I would like to apologise to anyone uh, connected with bees or the wider bee community. Bees, indeed, are a vital part of society. I tried my best to get to a statement that, that wouldn't offend anyone. I, I really did, but, you know, when, when me and my advisors get together, honestly, it's like two bald men fighting over a comb. I would like to apologise to Scotland's bald community, of which I am a member. I would like to apologise and exonerate myself. Chief, I'm sorry. Chief, you're forgiven. I was particularly pleased with my final apology, because I could uh, apologise and accept the apology at the same time. I do like to kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> I would like to apologise to the entire avian community for my cruel and insensitive words. I'm sorry.
0: There you go. You can offend anyone with anything nowadays. But so let, let's let's be, you know, not not afraid to speak truth, to love people, to to stand for Jesus wherever we are. Uh, People may get offended, but that's okay. Don't be swayed. Don't be swayed. Don't be swayed. Uh, We see there that Jesus is not swayed by public opinion, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Be committed to Him and His truth. You know, if you offend people because you're a jerk, that's a different story. If you offend people because you're rude, arrogant, you're you know, demeaning, then that's probably something you need to work on. But if people are offended because we stand for something, we believe something, we, we, we love Jesus, then be okay with that. Don't be swayed trying to fit into what everyone else would feel comfortable with or would like. But then we read on and we see it says Jesus knew their hypocrisy. He said, why are you trying to trap me? Bring a Daenerys to me and let me look at it. So I'm reading from the smallest text. They brought him the coin and then asked him whose image and whose inscription. Caesar's they replied. Then Jesus said to them, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God. He knew the hypocrisy. He saw into what they were trying to do. And it didn't really matter what he answered either because we see later in Luke when he's brought before the assembly in Luke 23, 12, it says, The whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate, and they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be a Messiah king. They, They took something that he didn't even say, and they used that against him in the court. So they weren't after a genuine answer. They were trying to trap him, and Jesus saw into that, and he is a smart cookie. Jesus is very, very smart, isn't he? He knows a few things, and he saw what they were trying to do, and he of on them. He says, all right, then you want to ask the question about about, uh, taxes and paying taxes, then just give me a coin. Now, we might have to think about that—that that, the context of that question because they asked him, is it lawful to pay the imperial tax? Now, we may need to flip that because in our system, it would be unlawful not to pay the tax. And so just to understand what has taken place is that the, this nation has actually been occupied by the Romans. They have been taken over by the Romans. And so now they are paying a tax to the Romans give it a consideration if it was, uh, you know, so Australia was taken over by, I don't know, Tasmania or something. Tasmania came and I know it's part of Australia. <laughs> don't get offended, please. Any Tasmanians. I'll give you a high six. No. It was taken over by some other nation and then they uh, then said, look, you're no longer Australians. Now you have to come under this nation. And in doing that, you're going to have to pay tax to this nation. You actually have to give money to us. That would be a difficult thing to to understand. It would be hard to live in that system where you lose your rights as an Australian, but you also don't have the rights of the nation that has overpowered you. And so then they're giving tax to the Roman Empire. They're actually paying to give to be under occupation. And so they're like, is it lawful for us to not pay it? And this was the debate that was taking place at that point in time. There were certain groups, which were like the zealots, who had said, "Nah, we're not paying anything to the Romans. We're we're, we're, we're not paying anything to them. And then there were other groups, like one of Jesus' disciples, Matthew, who was Jewish, but then had been employed by the Romans to become a tax collector. And so he was despised by the Jews because of the role that he was playing in taking money from them and giving it to the Romans. So this was actually not a matter about tax. This was a question about lordship. Because every time they gave tax to the Roman Empire, they were affirming that they were the government that oversaw them. And so they were asking this question, which is not really about tax. It's really about lordship. And Jesus' answer is, give me a coin, and let's have a look at the coin. And let's have a look at the, the, the image that is on that coin. Now, the image on that coin at that time was Caesar. And there was an inscription around that coin, which says, if anyone can interpret, anyone got the gift of interpretation? There it is. I'm not trying to read the top bit, but Caesar Augustus Tiberius, the son of the divine Augustus. And then on the back of that coin, you like that one? On the back of that coin, it said Pontiff Maxim or Pontius Maximus, highest priest. And so even this coin that was printed by the Roman Empire had the image of their Lord who was also seen as the high priest. And so even in their hands, they were carrying this constant reminder that there is this other who is supposed to be called the Lord. And so in feeding into that, they they wanted to get away from paying these taxes, not because of the money, but because of the Lordship. And Jesus is like, well, whose face is on it? Caesar. Then give to him what is his. But there was no full stop after that. Because then he gets them. I mean, they're trying to trap him, and now he gets them. And give to God what is God's. That little coin with that little image and that little inscription, that that's Caesar's anyway. He printed it. He oversees it. You can give it back to him. But give to God what is God's. What is God's? The whole of your life. What is God's? Your worship, what is God's, your, your praise, what is God's, what is rightly God's, your obedience, your life. So do that, give the, give the coin, give the tax to him, but at the same time, give your whole life to God. Because whilst there is an image on that coin, there is also an image on your life. You have been imprinted with the image of a God who loves you of a God who is sovereign, of a God who is all-powerful. And so give the coin with his image on it to him, but give the life with his image on it back to him. It's not a question about taxes. It's a question about lordship. It's who is the Lord of your life. Because you can give to Caesar. You can live in whatever uh, system, whatever government, whatever, whatever nation that you want, But first and foremost, you are not a citizen of that nation. You're a citizen of the kingdom of God. And this was the the struggle that these people had, is that they were living under an empire that was oppressive and clearly telling them that Caesar is to be the Lord when they knew that Jesus was Lord. And Jesus is like, no, give that to him, but give the rest of your life back to God because that is rightfully his. There is an increasing pressure to live in the kingdom and to live as a citizen of the kingdom. We are not of this world. We're not meant to blend into this world. We're meant to stand out from this world. So that people see the Jesus in us and want what the world can't give them, want to see the Jesus that we have and to, to, to have him as well. That, that, that's the whole purpose of us being sanctified and set apart, is we're set apart from, but we're also set apart to. We're set apart from the world, set apart to God. And so He is Lord. It's not a question about taxes. It's a question about lordship. And so today we're not asking about the denarius We're asking about our lives. Will you give to God what is God's? Will you give your heart to Him? Will you give your worship to Him? Will you give your life to Him? Because that is rightfully His. And maybe we find that attention Maybe we find that a struggle. Maybe there's certain areas in our lives where we're like, you know what, Jesus, you're Lord, but I'm kind of looking after this bit. I'm, I'm still in control of this bit. I, I still want to oversee the leadership and the lordship of this bit. And so when they gave that coin, they were reminded, you know, we're part of this empire. But as we give our lives, we are reminded that we're part of a different kingdom. We're part of a kingdom that is unshakable. Part of a kingdom that is eternal. Part of a kingdom that will not be broken. And we give our lives in sacrifice, worship to the king of that kingdom. Don't be afraid when kingdoms clash. Be encouraged that your God is more powerful than the combined forces of darkness. And we got to remember that people aren't the enemy. There are things that are taking place behind the scenes that, 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 that are pushing people, that are driving people, playing on the sinfulness of heart to outwork certain things. And maybe as I'm speaking, you're thinking of some stuff that's relevant to you, that you see taking place. The question I asked this morning is, will you give to God what is rightfully His? Will you lay down the reins of control in your life and acknowledge that He is Lord? When One of the first times I went to India on a a trip, I was thrown by the way that people were praying. And they prayed this prayer. It started like this. Dear Master. And I'm thinking, Master? Master? Who's Master? Because Lord, Lord doesn't sound like Master, yeah? Lord's kind of like, oh Lord. But that's what Lord means, that he is the master, that he is the one who is sovereign, that he is the one in, who is in control. He is the one who calls the shots. And our lives are to be, to be surrendered to his lordship, to his sovereignty, to his divinity. Yeah? So don't feel surprised when opposition comes, but lean into The Jesus that is sovereign over everything. Sovereign over everything. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. It's not a political message. It's not even about political parties. It's a lordship message. It's not about liberal, labor, Democrats, Republicans, anything like that. Because wherever you are, you're called first and foremost to operate in kingdom. Not just the citizen of the nation. First and foremost, citizens of the kingdom. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to the Lord what is the Lord's. I want to pray for us this morning. I know time has gone on. uh, But I want to pray that 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 genuine heart change takes place. That we, we don't just grit our teeth and say, Yes, Jesus, you're Lord, so I'm going to listen to you. But our hearts are changed to say, God, I want nothing other than your will to be done. I actually want to see your kingdom come in every single area of my life. And so I'm going to hold my heart before you and ask you to do the work that only you can do in it to bring me to that place of surrender to your will and to your purposes. So, Father, we just thank you for the time we've had this morning. God, we thank you for uh, the songs that we've been able to sing together. Lord, we thank you for the encouragement we've had from uh, our friends in youth care. And Lord, we thank you for the reminder again that you are the Lord of all. And God, in a place, in a society that that is desiring autonomy, that is putting at the highest value independence, we understand that our culture is at odds with the way that you call us to live. But we desire... To yield our hearts to you. To yield our lives to you. Not just parts of our lives, but the whole of our lives. We thank you that within us is the image. We thank you that the inscription is on our hearts. That you have called us to be your people. God, we, we ask for the grace to be able to lay down those things that may be at war with you in our own hearts. We ask for the grace to lay down the striving, those desires for wealth, the, the, the struggle for independence, God, we pray that you would give us the grace that we need to lay those things down. And by your spirit, you would do work in our hearts. That we would be able to say, Jesus is Lord. And the the payment, I guess, of our lives would be in worship. That we would sow our lives in worship of you. That we would give only praise to you not to anyone else, not to any other system, not to any other structure, but to you and you alone, for you deserve our prayers. You deserve all glory and all honor. And we thank you again for showing us. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.